as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. South Texas Economic Update. Let's look at our city of Edinburgh from the Office of Economic Development, Dalvel Garza. Rowdy, Rowdy, welcome back. I know we've got a lot of new names in town, so I'll let you take a look at some of the names that you guys were telling us about earlier. And are there some more on the way? So what you got as far as new names and retail in the area and some of these service providers? Quite a few, actually. You know, a lot of different uh, restaurants and quick service restaurants, those type of things. Um, Seven Brew is one of the coffee places that's going to, to open up real soon. Uh, Dutch Brothers is going to be opening up real soon. Uh, we've got um, PJ's Coffee is also coming in, into a new location off of McCall. Um Pedro's uh, Tacos is another restaurant that's coming in off of Trenton. Um, so there's quite a few um, new restaurants, new uh, service providers, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, who are going to be, you know, uh, adding to the economy. Are these local investors that are doing the franchise thing and finding some commercial space out there, or are these national chains that are discovering the valley and setting up shop in Edinburgh? Because these are, these are some names I've never heard of before here in South Texas. Yeah, some of them are local investors and some are national chains. Uh, so we get a little bit of uh, both. Uh, some of them are franchisees that are that are expanding um, into this market. Uh, some of them are um, local investors who have decided to bring those uh, those new uh, names into the market. Um, you know, I didn't talk about Dave's Hot Chicken. They've uh, uh-huh. opened up a location in McAllen, uh, but their second location will be here in Edinburgh, off of Trenton as well. Um, and they're doing really, really well. Uh, again, that's yeah. a local investor that's bringing in that franchise. Um, so, yeah, um, really exciting to he- to see that uh, all these uh, different investors from local and out of the area are, are recognizing that Edinburgh is a hot spot for new growth. Um, a lot of it is being driven by rooftops, and we've been yeah. always saying that rooftops drive retail. And Edinburgh has uh, 62 subdivisions uh, that are being platted or have been platted with about almost 3,800, 3,900 lots um, that are ready to go or in the process of being finalized. So that's a lot of new growth. And uh, when you get that population growth combined with some of the activities that's going on with the new courthouse, uh, the new ACE building that we're building next to City Hall, uh, everything that UTRGV is doing, yes, uh, it's exciting, you know. I would imagine it makes your job at economic development a little easier, you know, at, they're at the county seat, and as you mentioned, the university and so many things happening. you got the stadium nearby with the soccer and likely to be used by the, by the future football team, the hospitals in the area, the subdivisions, all the hammers flying everywhere. Does this perhaps lead to maybe more phone calls on the 
industrial side and manufacturing side to get some low-hanging fruit and bring some more jobs to Edinburgh? Yeah, well, we've got uh, four uh, businesses that are going to be locating in the industrial park that we're uh, getting real close to closing on. Uh, one of them is an expansion of a produce company. Uh, they're going to be building 50,000 square feet. Another one is an expansion of a um, back office operation. They uh, do point of sale um, uh, servicing and and uh, and uh, sales uh, for a lot of the equipment that people use, the retailers use for uh, you know charging the credit cards and that type of thing. And so they're going to be expanding their facilities, building a new facility there. Uh, there's a truck driving school that's expanding. They just uh, closed on one lot uh, last month and closing on another lot. So they'll be building a new training facility uh, that will be DPS certified for CDL drivers. And then we've got another ag-related uh, industry that's going to be building about 100,000 square feet. So the um, the sales at the industrial park are going really well. We've got some other ones that, uh, that are pending. Um, and um, so, yeah, it's all kind of going hand-in-hand. Hand. Okay. Uh, a lot of the retail is happening because of everything else that's going on in, on the industrial side. Rodel Garza, he's the leader of economic development efforts at Edinburgh, our guest. The low-hanging fruit, when I mentioned that, you know what comes to mind, Rowdy? You probably know where I'm going with this. A few days back, we were texting each other on this. North of us in Corpus Christi area in Robstown and that battery Tesla-related facility that they have out there. I think that belonged in the Valley, to be honest with you. Do we need to change things and <laughs> how we, we look at how we work together here in South Texas? We, we are a powerhouse, potentially, if we can work together. McAllen, Edinburgh, Harlington, Brownsville as a unit, one unit. And he's our neighbor. Elon Musk is down the street. Uh, and with all the, the jobs he could bring with electric vehicles, the motors, the components, solar, battery, all of that, we should be setting up, I think, a few more Elon Musk-related businesses down, thing, uh, down here. What do you think? I'm not going to disagree with that, but um, there are some things that uh, that Robstown had that we didn't have in terms of uh, rail-sided property. You know that uh, that's very important for that particular operation. Um, but I mean, we're, we're looking at all kinds of opportunities. Uh, our airport is looking at expanding its runway. Uh, I know that other airports are looking at at bringing in some additional cargo facilities and whatnot. So. Um, I think we're all working towards the same goal, which is to increase our job base and, yeah. and increase uh, the quality of life for the people down here. So um, we're all working towards that. And, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, talk, working together. You, uh, uh, I was in a meeting with the county judge yesterday, and he's talking about the prosperity task force that he's working on and a lot of the things that, that are coming out of that. So there's a lot of good things working. You mentioned the R word, rail. And, man, going back more than two decades now, local leadership, some in local leadership and economic development have been talking about the need for more rail rail connections, uh, strengthen that backbone. And really, it seems like nothing has been done over two decades. Uh, we need help from the state. But, but now that we got this unified transportation funding thing, I'm wondering if maybe that's something that we need to bring to the top of the list. Uh, I don't know how, but I'm thinking it's, th I'm thinking it's through transportation where our rail connections, our rail lines – can be fattened up and improved so it makes economic development efforts and prospecting efforts easier. What do you think? Well, we've got rail lines already. Uh, we just need to make sure that uh, we have the available properties uh, to 
uh, you know, that are along those rail lines mm-hmm. that, that can be of service for those companies. Um, so it's up to us to set up the industrial parks? Here. It's up to us to set up the industrial yeah. parks next to the, the rail line? Absolutely. At all cities? Absolutely, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Union Pacific has to help. Uh, you know, we've got a short line uh, railroad that, that does help a little bit, uh, you know, in, ter- in terms of real Valley switching. But Union Pacific has to help, too. Going back to the uh, the reason I called you, all these names that you guys were mentioning, I was, I was laughing earlier. because Man, I remember a time when McAllen, their chamber in different days, they used to have a, a great setup. They used to have this taste of McAllen thing, right? They were bringing in local eateries and and uh, to pubs, and I wonder if they ever bring that back over at, at the McAllen Chamber. But in Edinburgh, you should do with Seven Brew and Pedro Tacos and Scooters and Tequila Bar and Cineholic Gourmet Cinnamon Rolls. All these, like all these new names, and plus locals. Man, you would probably kick their butt. You'd probably do an an enviable taste of Edinburgh. If you think about it. Well, we, we're going to do something like that in the future. I think we'll we'll talk to Ronnie I've, at the chamber about that. I've never heard of these some of these some of these places. Uh, continued success, Rowdy. Thank you for your time, Rodel Garza, the leader for economic development efforts in Edinburgh. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Hey, look at here. Mr. K's back from Quorum Report fame up in Austin, Harvey Cronberg. Man, I appreciate your time today, Harvey. I know you're super, super busy as we're getting close to signing die. So let's look at some of the top issues these lawmakers have been struggling with and wrestling with. So let's start with uh, the pocketbook, property tax reform. Where is it? How is it surviving? In the end, what they what might they spit out by the um, the end of the session? Well, it looks like up until uh, uh, last Friday, it looked like the House and the Senate were uh, miles apart. But and as we're fond of saying in politics, the wheels were off. But uh, there seems to be. A, a, have been some kind of conversation finally between the lieutenant governor and the speaker. And it looks like we may end up with a hybrid where they raise the uh, homestead exemption. Uh, we're not clear exactly how much they'll raise it, uh, but uh, uh, the Senate has always said that would be the most direct impact on tax uh, taxpayers. Uh, the House has also got an element in their bill that uh, requires uh, appraisal caps. 
since I, that's been, uh, it doesn't make any difference what you do with the homestead exemption if uh, appraisals keep raising out of control. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not there yet, and um, uh, in the next week, people will say the wheels are off, the wheels are on, the wheels are off, but it looks like we have at least a, a forward trajectory on, on some kind of property. The potential, where's your money, the potential cap on year-to-year raises, uh, where that might, might, where might it settle, 5%, 7%, what, what are they... What's a popular term that they're spitting out right now? Uh, well, if I had to bet, it would be five uh, percent. But because uh, we're gonna, a we're sitting on so much money, which of course is a one-time affair. Yeah. But um, uh, you don't want to. Well, they're not that concerned about strangling the cities and the counties, which are the primary recipients, obviously, of property taxes. But there comes a point past which you simply cannot finance uh, growth. Uh, without some kind of property tax growth. Of the 30-some-odd billion dollars that had been reported, which mothers say was likely more than that, but either way, let's focus on the $33, $34 billion surplus. Are these lawmakers going to blow it all in one session and big fat paychecks for teachers or some other big spending program? And what what do you hear? Well, I I do believe they will probably spend most of it, although the the, we left out the rainy day fund and... and, uh, we're kind of waiting for the next uh, revenue estimate uh, because uh, we are seeing some contraction in the Texas economy, nothing like, uh, say, uh, well, some of the other states, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, they will probably end up spending uh, uh, most of that $3 billion. Uh, arguably, there may be another 20 if you include rainy day fund, which I do not see them touching this time around. From Quorum Report in Austin, Harvey Kromberg joining us. Teachers will get a pay raise of... How much is a one-time payment, or how does that work? What do you know, Harvey? Uh, I have lost track, frankly, of what the number looks like right okay. now, but um, uh, somewhere between 5 and 7, I do believe, is uh, still in the cards. Uh, but it's all tangled up with the uh, the voucher issue at the moment, and okay. uh, uh, vouchers are dead uh, this session, uh, but um, uh, they'll probably still be used as a negotiating card. It's kind of interesting, though, that uh, on the one hand, um, they're uh, singing the praises of teachers. At the other, on the other end, they are, in order to try and sell vouchers, the leadership is uh, has been uh, not very complimentary towards the public <laughs> education, which, of course, is teachers. <laughs> yes. Thank you, teachers, for doing such a fine job. Fine job. Here's an extra 5K, 7K. Oh, by the way, we need better teachers in Texas, better schools, and working on the voucher thing. Look, well, I'm as you a- may recall, we've got a We've got about 77% of teachers last September that said uh, they were looking at another uh, job because, A, because of pay, and B, because of of, um, uh, the enormous number of uh, responsibilities they've been given outside of actually teaching children. Well, that other job could be, in an ideal situation, might be a better school down the street where the class size would be smaller and the culture would be different. Under vouchers, a portion of that might get funded, but you said it's dead for now. I'm hearing special session, though. You think the governor's going to pull, pull the trigger and say, I said vouchers? Gosh darn it, you're going to give me vouchers. So do you think it's coming, the special uh, session? Well, he's uh, he said uh, September. Um, uh, 
Hmm. I think he's got travel plans this summer too. Plus, if um, if if they were to have the special session uh, this summer, the teachers wouldn't have anything else to do but go compl- uh, protest and public <laughs> education would be. That's would true. Be I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> so much for a special <laughs> session immediately after you get all these teachers all that right. free time to spend up in Austin and march, 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 and and you know maybe invade the Capitol. You know, give us another yeah, right. <laughs> another. Well, we've right. had a fair a fair amount of protests on that, um, and. Uh, um, the uh, uh, dissatisfaction on both sides of the public education argument is high. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> From Quorum Report up in Austin, Harvey Kronberg being very generous with us, uh, giving us uh, an idea as to where some of this legislation is going. Look, sidebar question, Harvey. I was reminded by a colleague up in New York at Fox. I've never asked this question of the governor when I've when I've, I think I have, but he's been anyway. I didn't pin it down. How is the state of Texas? How's Governor Abbott? Paying for the uh, the illegal immigrant buses up to New York, Illinois, and all those other places. W- what fund is that coming out of? Do you know? Well, it was never clear originally that we were led to believe that it was coming out of campaign funds, uh, but that um, uh, he spent a fair amount of campaign dollars um, uh, uh, on uh, uh, beating Beto O'Rourke um, uh, rather soundly, I might say. Um, uh, to tell you the truth, I am not really sure what uh, what fund it's coming out of. But when you're allocating four billion dollars, uh, and it'll be more at the end of this session to border security, uh, a couple of buses are really kind of uh, jump change, frankly. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's true. And of course, he did ask the public to donate. I don't know how big that fund got when he had had people donate for that. And the, uh, They're the, not particularly transparent on this, and we have to remember. Although it, it, it's satisfying in some respects uh, for some folks to to have these buses go to uh, supposedly sanctuary cities and blue states, um, uh, it is um, uh, it's mostly um, national for national optics more than local optics. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Kronberg, Quorum Report up in Austin. The tug of war. Um, some of these lawmakers in Austin saying at City Hall code can't be written in a certain way to negatively affect business and you can't be regulating business xyz what happened to all that well it has passed the house and it probably is and i've lost track but i think it's it's likely to pass it's very likely in some form or fashion to pass the senate maybe not in the same way it came up from the house which means a conference committee but the uh the um what it essentially does is if your local uh auto repair shop has a uh, uh, a problem with co- with local codes. They're going to have to wait for the next legislative session to be able to deal with it because they this bill strips so much authority from uh, um, city councils and county commissioners courts. And the argument of trying to make business uh, regulation more consistent ar- across the state, but uh, frankly, the state has not proved to be very competent in very many things. So I'm not exactly sure why local taxpayers uh, and local voters would trust the state particularly any more than they trust their local city or council yeah, governments. Br- yeah. uh, uh, but the uh, most people think that it is uh, symbolic uh, legislation because uh, the con- it's not a constitutional proposition and home, home rule for cities is uh, embedded in the Constitution. So it'll probably pass. There'll be a lot of chest beating, and then it'll go to the courts and be frozen for a couple of years or right. litigated probably if, away. If you can, in 30 seconds, HB 3129, lots of organizations left and right and broadcasters that were complaining that um, lawmakers were moving fast to suppress free speech and commentary and throw people who just had opinions, throw them into the court. Where is that? What happened to 31219 HB? 
Uh, it is still, well, as of uh, early last week, it was still moving forward. Uh, uh, no love for the press, obviously. Uh, it's, uh, this is about frivolous lawsuits in order to uh, uh, intimidate the press. And uh, my suspicion is that uh, uh, if if I had to bet today, they're going to pass it uh, right. despite... Uh, well. Um, lock it up yeah the first first amendment is obviously not as important as the second (laughs) yeah lock it up in courts uh, likely well hopefully that's what's going to happen harvey thank you again look for all of his work uh, and his team at corn report up in austin harvey cromberg News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news. On News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have a multiple In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. This is News Talk 710 KURV, this radio station, exclusive play-by-play home for Houston Astros baseball. Thank you to our many supporters, including FNT Valley Motorsports and Riverside Development Services and also Pass Air. Our Emergency Operations Chief for Hidalgo County, Rick Saldana, joining us again. I understand that in Hidalgo County, as a result of all the, the powerful storms that hit our area the past several weeks, there's a lot of broken trees and lots of brush and lots of trash to pick up, and the county's going to help out with that. Rick, welcome back to KURV. What can you tell me about the new brush pickup schedule for Hidalgo County? Basically, that schedule is set up for Hidalgo County Precinct Number 3. Okay. They established a, um, a route per day where they will be picking up uh, vegetational brush, uh, no construction material. Uh, and uh, it'll make it a lot easier and systematic for them to remove those that vegetation from along the roadways in, in Precinct 3. Yeah, Precinct 3 is the the western portion of Hidalgo County Mission area, Points West. They got slammed by those yes, yes, right hurricane-force winds. Now, are we talking just county, yes, or, or are you going to help within city, or the cities need to figure it out on their own? No, they, it's within the county only. The cities have already created their own their own programs, uh, removing a lot of the vegetation. One thing that I like to remind the residents in the in Hidalgo County is if you have brush, put your brush separate from your construction material, shingles, uh, fences that were turned down, things of that nature. Separate all of that because they will probably take the brush first, which is the bulkiest product. Okay. Uh, they can get it to the landfill and get it uh, taken care of. Rick Saldana with Emergency Operations for Hidalgo County, our guest. Chief Tim Sullivan here. How much of a mess are you seeing, you know, in terms of uh, all, oh. all the brush and debris and, and uh, drywall and all of that stuff? Well, basically what we're seeing more is a large quantity of trees that were actually knocked down. And if you drive through the streets of, of western Hidalgo County, uh, the smaller communities on the west side, 
the Mission McAllen area. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have significant brush in either their roadways or along the roadways and in their alleyways. So cities are making a diligent effort to start moving those those uh, that vegetation out of the streets and out of the alleys and put them in in locations within their their public works facilities or other designated areas they they have to help expedite this. It, it's uh, I would probably say thousands of cubic yards <laughs> of uh, brush that is being picked up. Wow. Um, in general, what what's the status of the recovery from the windstorm? Any dollar estimate of the damage done by by those powerful overnight winds yet? At this time, we don't have that, but we did get a state declaration from Governor Abbott. Yeah, and yesterday we received notice that uh, we received a declaration from the Small Business Administration to help those families with a low interest loan to repair their homes and also businesses. Great. So, so that uh, indicates we'll, we'll be... that indicates that you've reached the threshold for federal financial assistance. Then SBA assistance? No, just for SBA assistance. Which is yes, we met the threshold for SBA assistance. Uh, there's still a lot more to do if we want to get the the federal involved, which would be FEMA. But there's oh, still okay. a lot more uh, dollar damages that we need to incur before that is activated. But right now. Is just the SBA for small business loans or residential loans, low interest, uh, to help some of those families rebuild if, if they wish to apply for those loans. We will be putting out something later on today uh, of when this will begin and the locations, location or locations where these uh, disaster assistance facilities will be in place. Okay. What, how would you gauge the possibility of reaching that FEMA threshold? Well, it's gonna it's gonna take everybody reporting all the municipalities in Hidalgo County, to include Hidalgo County, uh, plus those other counties that were part of the original declaration from Governor Abbott. All of us need to co- uh, contribute all the disaster recovery uh, costs that we utilized to get to that point. What's the threshold? What's the dollar figure on the FEMA assistance, Chief? Do you know? For Hidalgo County. The state of Texas is uh, over three hundred thousand, over three hundred million dollars. Oh yeah, that's quite a, a high bar to try to meet. Uh, Rick Saldana is our emergency management chief for Hidalgo County. Again, heads up, precinct three specific, Hidalgo County. That'd be the western portion of our county. You know, the one that got slammed by all those hurricane force winds a, a few weeks back. We had nasty thunder shower activity across the area. Got lots of brush all over the place. Now, how many waves of Again, this is for county land. All the cities, they've developed their own programs to try to, try to pick up the brush. But for county, uh, the non-incorporated properties, uh, the properties on non-incorporated land in Hidalgo County, how many waves of of trucks are you sending out there? One, two, like one is for brush, the other one is for debris, or how does it work over the next several weeks? Basically, what they're trying to get off the roadway, which is the bulkiest stuff, which is the brush. Yeah, um, the trees. And, and they're doing it, branches. yes, sir. Yeah. They've been doing it systematically since the end of, I mean, since the uh, end of the event, which basically right, right around April 30th when they started moving. They also opened up collection sites for some of those residents that wanted to drop also that, that vegetation at their locations. So it's a two-way uh, operation, one by the citizen and one by the county okay. precinct. 
Uh, some of the other precincts have also done something similar, uh, but some of those other precincts were not as impacted as Precinct 3. Okay, so when your truck shows up and they see a mix of brush and, let's say, aluminum siding and fence, wood, and all that, they're not going to pick it up, right? If it's mixed, they're not going to pick it up, right, Chief? Well, they're, they're going to try to do their best to pick up whatever brush they can. Okay. Whether mixed within that that uh, those other construction materials. Will there, there be another round? With, yes, sir. Will there be another round, another wave of trucks coming for the trash, for the heavy stuff? That at, at at the present time, I don't have a contingency plan by Precinct Three. Okay. Uh, regarding that, but their biggest goal is getting Get the, the vegetation, trees, all of that, the big stumps, all the big limbs that were damaged throughout yeah. the. The precinct. That's yes, a rodent and fire hazard, and with a dry, hot weather now here to stay for a few weeks, yeah, I can see you're trying to be preemptive on this. And speaking of being preemptive, um, I know y'all were talking about hurricane season, and it's right around the corner. Is there any plan to, I don't know, preemptively ask folks, hey, come pick up some sandbags and storm in your garage just in case we have something like that? Can, well, you, you know how it is last minute, everybody, there's a rush to get these sandbags, something like that. So, some municipalities did pass some out. Uh, during during the possible significant rain event that we're going to have uh, two weeks ago, yeah, uh, and a lot of residents kept those bags and they keep them through the duration of the uh, event. There will there may be other cities or precincts that may do a pre hurricane sandbag distribution. My recommendation: if you do uh, get those sandbags, please. Keep them in shaded areas away from the sunlight because those bags will get UV rays. It'll weaken re- weaken the fiber of the bags, and then you'll have uh, nothing but a mess of, or a pile of sand. There we go. So that's good do, advice. I did not know that. Yeah, that's not good for the grass or the vegetation. I keep mine in, in the yeah, garage. <laughs> Rick, thank you so <laughs> much, Chief. Appreciate your time today. He's our Emergency Operations Chief for Hidalgo County, Rick Saldana. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Taking a look at the Valley economy, there was a report of a significant decline in unemployment for the RGV last month. From Texas Workforce with Business Relations, Dan Uribe joining us at the moment. So tell me more. Tell us more about the unemployment rate of, of late and this decline. Was it seasonal, Dan? Was it expected? Hi. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for having me. You bet. Yes. Uh, I have um, 
the, the unemployment rate at the national level slightly decreased by uh, 0.1% to set at 3.4%. Nationwide in the state, we have a 4%, and uh, that one remained uh, the same, and it's been at that uh, 4% for the last uh, couple of months. So uh, we we are not seeing uh, big changes or movements uh, in, in the unemployment rate. If anything, it continues to decrease. At the local mm-hmm. level, we can see that for all counties and, um, in, in the region, considering uh, Hidalgo, Cameron, Star, and Wallasey, they all had uh, significant decreases in the unemployment rate. We have Hidalgo County at 5.6%, Cameron County at 52 Star County 9.2, and Wallasey County at 7.4%. So overall, yes, we are uh, seeing uh, a normal behavior of the unemployment rate, and it just continues to decrease with um, more jobs being added to the economy. We we can see at the industry level, uh, those industries that are related to the service pro- uh, providing sectors, uh, there continues to be uh, an addition of jobs. We had about a, uh, close to 40,000 New jobs added to the to the economy in the state and locally here, considering um, McAllen metro area and Bronson metro area, we have uh, a gain of about fourteen hundred uh, um, new jobs created here locally. With business relations communications over at Texas Workforce, our guest is Dan Uribe. Dan, Tim Sullivan here. You say it's a, a normal uh, seasonal decrease in unemployment in the Valley. Why Why does that normally happen in, in April? Usually, um, the, the normal uh, seasonal adjustments uh, have to do with what's going on, you know, um, in, in that particular time of the year. So uh, right now we are at a point where um, a lot of jobs related to public education, for example, and and education as well um they they were created to, um during the beginning of the year so those are retained uh through the first part of the year now where we can see some adjustments uh depending on uh, you know uh, when when um we have summer break from schools primarily we can see those changes as well on the unemployment uh increases a little bit but overall we see just normal behavior at this point if anything, one of the, uh, I guess, the sectors that uh, showed at the state level uh, as a, a decreasing number of jobs was the good producing. And, and, um, but that one overall, considering the 12 past months, we still have an addition of uh, more than 77,000 jobs added. So, Which um, sector did you say? I, I'm sorry, I missed, I didn't understand what you said. Right. So that, that was the good in sector. Oh, good for that includes okay. right that includes manufacturing uh, mining and logging sectors as well so uh, those industries that uh, produce goods for the economy um, that's the one that uh, reflected uh, about six thousand uh, jobs um, lost for, yeah. the, for the month of April I was looking again, at those statewide figures, and I also noticed that uh, the construction industry lost a significant number of, mm-hmm. of jobs in April, uh, again, statewide. Does that affect the Valley right. as well? Uh, fortunately, here in the Valley, we don't, we don't see that because we do have a, a strong economy, and it has remained strong even through the worst times of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. 
So um, here locally, we have a lot of activity uh, regarding construction, and it just continues to, to, to be that. And we expect it to be that way at least for the next uh, couple of months. Um, so uh, we, we overall, we have good news here for the Valley. Yeah. Is that residential and commercial both? Both, exactly. Correct. We also know that the Macaulay metropolitan area here is the third fastest growing metro area in the state. So that, again, just, you know, contributes and goes towards uh, the fact that the Valley uh, remains to have a strong economy. When you said third fastest growing by population, right, you're not talking about a job creation metric. You're talking about third fastest growing overall in Texas by percentage, right? I'm actually talking about jobs. Okay. Job creation, third fastest, McAllen metro area at the moment. Dan Odebe with Texas Workforce, uh, Business Relations and Communications Office. Going into summer, you know, school shut down and there's a seasonal change. Are we expecting June, July, maybe a a small downward trend? Well, I'm sorry, upward trend when it comes to unemployment because of the the seasonal change in, in schools being closed? Right, that that is a part, part of it. But also, uh, as we approach uh, fall, we start seeing a lot of hiring activity in other industries as well. Like, for example, uh, trade industry. That one starts reflecting, you know, all those hires for in preparation for the holidays. Um, those start like as soon as September, late part of August. So we we can see those um, you know movements again on, on the trends of the unemployment rate. So we'll see a little bit of an uptick and then um, again downward uh, towards the, the the second part of the year. And just for personal consumption and education, just curious because we're expecting lots of more job openings to be announced. For example, I know you're not covering all s- sectors of the Rio Grande Valley economy, but just just want to get your opinion real quick. Like at the port with LNG setting up and construction numbers that are going to go through the roof. I mean, the job openings are going to go through the roof here very soon. Will that in some way skew the number for unemployment in South Texas when we have all those job openings and we're going to try to fill those maybe going into the fall or going into early next year? Right. Um, we don't We don't expect that to skew the data. Um, that, um, you know, as they, they continue to be added to the economy, we are aware that uh, that job creation is already, you know, happening. It's on its way. Okay. Um, anything it will be reflected um, in those particular industry sectors, and, and we'll start seeing that increased number of, okay. of jobs we'll for the We'll see stronger job creation numbers for those particular sectors. Well, Dan, right. thank you for the update and the analysis, and we'll call you again, uh, Lord willing, next month or a month after that, see how we're doing. As Dan Uribe with Texas Workforce. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB.
You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. It's the Memorial Day weekend and lots of travel across the nation. They say we're going back to pre-pandemic numbers around 2019. We're going to have like 40 some odd million people in on the road and in the air. Elizabeth Suarez, Director of Aviation at McAllen Miller International Airport. Liz, welcome back to KURV. So is it hopping busy at the airport this morning? It is. It is every morning, it seems, as of late. And uh, we've had a really busy year uh, already. Uh, when we look at the year-to-date, January through April, we're up 12% in traffic from the same period last year. So okay. lots more uh, people traveling. Hey, I needed to ask you this. We, we've touched on this before. Because of where we are, we're on the border, and we have lots of folks that with the NGOs and they get a plane ticket that cross the border illegally, they're processed by Border Patrol, and they're given those those slips, those folders to leave town. They go on the airplanes mm-hmm. as well. How how much of the 12% increase would you say is that the, the migrants moving through the area going north? We saw the 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 height of that movement about two years ago, and really it has it has continuously trended down. Um, just to give you an idea, for April, I think it's going to account for maybe five percent okay. of the total increase by just on the legacy carriers, like on American or United. And the only reason, the only way to evaluate that is when we look at the difference between the number of passengers leaving and coming and returning. And so there's about a 5% difference there. And so we, we definitely have seen a very downward trend as of late. 10-4. Elizabeth Suarez is Director of Aviation at McAllen Miller International Airport. The number of carriers, and name the carriers that you have now that we're starting summer travel. What's going on? Who do you have? So we've got a lot of options for people traveling this summer. Of course, we've got our two legacy carriers, American Airlines and United Airlines, connecting you anywhere you need to go in the world, either through Dallas or through Houston. And then we have a great partnership with Allegiant. And this summer, they are uh, bringing back the Nashville offering. Um, And actually, it's been in place now for a few months. And so it, it's introductory rates because it's a new route. It's a new flight. You can fly for as low as $49, $69 each way. We really encourage our public to take advantage of that new route. You leave on a Thursday evening. You return on a Sunday after, uh, Sunday morning. You can either make it a week trip or just go for that four day weekend. And why not? When you've got fares so low, let's take the time to go visit a city if we haven't been yeah. a quick getaway so that's allegiant right that's that. allegiant that yeah, you're allegiant. mentioning yeah all right yeah allegiant and then um we also have our summer offering to lax so remember that we connect you to la i think a lot of the times we forget how quickly it is and it's a great getaway if you've got small kids it's a great place to go you know disneyland is a little bit less uh, overwhelming than Disney World, and it's definitely not so hot. Yeah. Um, so take advantage of that nonstop flight, especially for, for families that have small children. And then we also have our daily Las Vegas. Uh, we go up to twice a day uh, in departures. It's a very popular flight. And so we definitely encourage people to take advantage of that one. And we've got the Orlando, which has now become a daily offering. It's no longer just seasonal. And, uh, and that's a very popular connection. So lots to offer out of McAllen Airport. We hope to see our families traveling this summer and 
enjoying time with our kids. Elizabeth Swat is Director of Aviation, McAllen Miller International Airport. You mentioned the difference between outbound and inbound and making the comparison of how many people fly, fly out and come back. But what about the inbound to McAllen? I, I know that you know, at one time we enjoyed that Mexico City connection. What's the prospect of getting something like that back, the Mexico Mexico City connection, all the, the tourists coming up here and buying stuff? You know, we really do miss, we are missing that flight a lot. And so a lot of the people that were regular customers are, are asking for that connection. It's yeah. really a complicated time for aviation, uh, particularly because of the FAA downgrade of uh, security protocol for Mexico. They, uh, we are limited in terms of what we can expand until that, that uh, downgrade is lifted. So we, we don't have to say that, right? It's something that Mexico yeah. needs to remedy, and of course, folks in D.C. need to be happy with it. So we really have no say yeah. with that. We have no say, but we continue to build relationships with partners in Mexico. We're kind of like just waiting for them to give us the okay so that we can have some real discussions about routes and opportunities. 10-4. Do you see the boardings continue to increase for the rest of the year to the point where, I don't know, maybe we can pick up another carrier, low butt, or, or fatten up the planes a bit more? You know, uh, we've done just that, and that's been sometimes, you know, you don't have uh, fleet availability. Uh, some of these airlines, it just we're at the mercy of how the airlines approaching their business, what their fleet integration plan is, uh, their acquisition plan. And so what we've done is we've worked really closely with American and United to fatten up the plans, and they've done just that to give you a general idea on American Airlines in the summer we're peaking at about five mainline departures that's a big deal that's the 176 seater aircraft um it's got the first class you don't you know it's just like what you would take on out of a dfw or a a houston uh, continental or bush airport um and the same things happen with united you're not going to necessarily get the small regional jet anymore departing from mccallan so it it lends our business travelers uh, all of the comfort that they're used to and that they expect. And that's a that's a good sign when those big airlines are willing to invest that level of seat capacity in the market. Um, we hope that it continues. We, we, we have continuously spoken to that with them. The other things that we work on really closely is the right bank connections. So people from McAllen are always connecting to get somewhere else. We yeah. want to make sure that we can get them to their connection early in the morning so that they have time to uh, to connect in a more, you know, uh, diverse way to many diverse destinations. And so we've got the 530 bank on American Airlines and the 7 o'clock bank on United that you're going to make. So we're happy for that because in the past they've taken it away. We, we really work very um, assertively to just communicate those concerns for our travelers. And then we're always speaking with new airlines, um, we just, you never know. I, I think I'm always very focused, and as a team, we tend to be really focused on sustaining long-term partnerships. So we're also kind of yeah. uh, cautious well, about who we talk to and are they going to be a long-term partner, and does it work strategically with the partners that we, we do have now? And you talk about stuff, and I was mentioning stuff that is beyond our control. Uh, airlines have staffing issues. They need pilots, oh. right? And they need employees, and that's why... Likely they're not offering as many flights, and, and they're, they're under stress as well. That, that might be putting 
uh, pressure. You, you know, know, we were just we were just looking at that, but we are estimating in the industry that there's a pilot shortage and that it continues to grow, and that in the next three years it'll be up to as high as a thirty thousand pilot shortage. That's a big deal, and you're absolutely right. Uh, there's a lot that needs to happen. Uh, I was in an aviation aviation meeting last week, and we're talking like we're even trying to learn from like European models where they have these robust uh, gateway programs uh, where they help young students that are interested in aviation become commercial pilots because it's a very long arduous process and very expensive. So we're hoping that the U.S. industry starts to pick up on some of those models. And I know JetBlue has a huge gateway program for pilots, and we're hoping it becomes the norm, not the exception. Yeah, you you need to get on the horn with uh, Jay Gonzalez or Soup over McAllen ISD and tell, hey, hey, man, you need to expand your little pilot's uh, education, little program that you have over at the school district and send more kids over to McCreary and start getting these kids their yeah, licenses. I know. You know, we're really, we're so proud of the school district for being so innovative, and it's a risk, and they took it. Uh, we actually hosted them for their pinning ceremony at the Excellent. airport, and Excellent. we're very excited to be partnering in any way that we can with the school district. 10 4. Well, best of luck, Liz. Uh, just real quick, final question. I have a few seconds left. Do you, are you privy to bookings? Are the airlines telling you, yeah, we're booked solid, or we got 60%, 70% booked up for McAllen outbound or inbound? Uh, have they told you anything? I don't have booking data. It's It's tough to get. Uh, but what I do have is seat capacity data. So typically when bookings are down, seats will also be reduced and and flights will be uh, rescheduled or, or reassigned. Okay. So we don't have that happening. So I'm assuming bookings are healthy. Okay. Good luck, Liz, this summer. Elizabeth Suarez, the director of aviation, McAllen Miller International Airport. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.